0: Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We are on number 10, two and a half months of podcast. Can you believe that?
1: I can. Feels like a while.
0: Yeah. Dealing with people like you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what are we talking about today on number 10? Too bad. Well, I'm not there to slap you. Yeah, right. What's, I'm just glad I'm not there to smell you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I heard what you just did. Yep, that was off camera. So that's where it'll stay. Okay. What do we got today for the audience?
1: Well, let's talk
0: about turkeys. Okay turkey season's coming i think it uh i think it's actually open in some states down south really already i'm pretty it's either it's either started or it's in the next couple weeks wow down in south florida i think it opens that is early yes you know i Um, have
1: not seen or heard a turkey yet
0: um well my last
1: i've been out scouting and everything you know
0: yeah on the last client uh, visit I had in Virginia, there was, we saw, t- I didn't see any, but we saw tons of scratchings. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, tons of, even time. with this weather, the way it's
1: been, you know, we, yeah. we, we get a 60 degree day and then we get snow a couple of days later. You know, even know. on these nice days like this, I can't believe I haven't seen any groups of birds uh, pecking around or anything.
0: I saw, actually, I did see some a couple of days ago on the side. You know, but they weren't like, they weren't strutting or nothing like that. Just sitting there feeding. Yeah. But, um, one season start over there by you. Oh, gee. You May know 1st, what? right? I To be honest,
1: I don't, I don't even know.
0: Well, it's, it's first weekend of May, right? Usually it's around that. How do you not know? You live there.
1: I don't know. I, I'm oblivious See what I got to deal with. Year. See what I got to deal with. This year I'm oblivious
0: all right so let's just say may 1st um in maryland where i'm at i actually know the date and it's uh april 18th let's look it up yeah so april 18th and i am not hunting maryland turkeys because i don't have a place to hunt them
1: hunt your own state
0: yep and then turkey hunting you can hunt public land on turkeys but you got to get as far as I know, you got to have like special like permits and stuff to actually hunt them on public land here. It's weird. Um, Maryland is not known for a turkey state, although there are sections and counties that have uh good turkey population.
1: April 22nd.
0: That's Youth Day, right?
1: April 22nd, it says. That's uh... Youth Day.
0: How do I know the dates better than you do? And I don't even live there. Uh, It just says spring spring gobbler bearded bird only. Yeah, that's that's youth youth day. How do you know? Because I hunt other people's states. Yeah,
1: you trespass.
0: Yeah. Um, Spring gobbler bearded. Anyway, while uh, you're you're looking there, so we don't uh, bore the audience. Um, I love, I absolutely love turkey hunting. And when Chris goes, he usually falls asleep, so he misses all the action. Um I kill him. Yep. And I remember um remember we were in that blind at the farm. April twenty And I shot that turkey. And you I was, never and shot no turkeys. I did. Which and one? I, um when we were in the blind together. Remember they came out to our left in the clover in the clover plot and we're gonna talk about clover and all that. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it, was a good was, video too, by the way yes and they came in and it was i'm moving my arms like i'm with a gun but um it was the first turkey killed on that property and when i shot it remember i like i like smacked your shoulder real fast and i was like i can't breathe remember that yeah i was all all excited
1: i don't think it was the first bird was it
0: that was the first bird on that property was it yep are you sure positive because remember the first year there was like a deserted island there was no nothing we hunted yeah right the first year then the second year we had to clo- a close
1: horrible memory
0: yeah I know you do we had to close well, well then that would
1: have been your first pa beard, bearded bird then
0: yes it was
1: that was the that was that hunt yes yep okay I'm uh, it's coming back to me
0: okay so but well, the first year there was no food there so there was no turkeys um well, yeah when we took it over it was junk. Yeah, second year, a lot of stuff changed. We had a lot, a lot going on, and we had, um, we actually had food there. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about the crop on the turkey. It sits right there where the food kind of sits there. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a video where I, the title of the title of it was like "Dead Dead Deer Do Tell a Story," because you can kind of track that history of that buck from what I've noticed, and then other bucks will kind of do what he did well i have a saying on turkeys where dead turkeys tell a story because when you they kill it talk when they're
1: dead dave
0: they do so when you cut the crop open what they say it's packed in there packed full of what they've been eating so if you have a piece of property. And it's say you cut the crop open and it's full of dandelions. Well, it's a good indication of, of where they've been, you know, on your property, yeah. or maybe it could be the neighbor's property or whatever, but mm-hmm. it, it just gives you that indication of what's going on.
1: The one video that we did after, I think, I think we doubled up that day. I'm thinking we did. And we, sliced open the crop the one jake that i shot mm-hmm. and he wasn't fully mature it was like five and a half inches or something mm-hmm. but um remember the day when you cut your finger yeah it's <laughs> that still
0: funny. it's still there i don't know if you can see that but it's sliced <laughs> and the tip of my finger is still numb the guy's a hazard yeah but we
1: we cut that thing open not his finger the crop i'm talking Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they we were sitting on the clover field mm-hmm. with winter wheat, mm-hmm. and guess what we found wasn't either of those. Remember, it was all the dandelion leaves, yeah, all the green, the greens from the dandelion, yep. yep, was packed full, and there wasn't even a bug or a worm or anything. Yep, it was just green, clover,
0: clover leaves, it was just all green. Packed. I mean, you couldn't fit another clover leaf in that thing.
1: Well, there was greens from the dandelion too.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah we pulled, We have a video. We we pulled it out. Yeah.
1: You can. You can see it.
0: Yeah, but it's just very cool. Um.
1: I mean, it', it, it big as your fist. Yeah. And big bulge in there. I mean,
0: yep. And they oh, hide yeah.
1: that. They hide that well.
0: They do. You just, don't really see it when uh, uh when when they're out there strutting or whatever or right. feeding. But uh, clover plots are, are good because any kind of green in that time of year, because what happens is um, usually when, the, you know, the season's starting, the greens are coming up and the turkeys will go in there because you have the dew on the plants. And then the sun comes out, hits it, starts baking the dew off, you know, the moisture. So you get the dew. And then when you have that dew in the sun, you get the bugs. So Turkeys tend to flock to those situations because of the bugs. I see what
1: you did there, flock.
0: Yes, they. <laughs> I'm gonna kiss you.
1: Is it Mountain Dew, Code it, Red, Mountain Dew? Uh,
0: um, he said flock. Uh, yeah, we're talking about turkeys. Yeah, good um, one. good one. So they go to that area because not only do they have the greens, but they also got the the bugs.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, and that's another reason why. When we talk about establishing clover plots Mm -hmm. like to do it in the fall because yeah early the next spring that's one of the first things that greens up yeah and is fully ready for turkeys Mm -hmm. when when they come in season there um between that and rye and wheat very green very nutritious very tender at that point yeah and they will flock to the field
0: Yep. to get out yes and if you do the clover in the fall like you said it, it has time to at least establish the roots and get a couple inches tall and yeah. then it comes up in the uh in the uh springtime and for example you know we had the clover on the you know if you're looking at where the way we were hunting clover on the left winter wheat kind of in the far mid or the middle on the right mm-hmm. those turkeys were not in the wheat and rye field they were in the clover field yeah they were in that clover field every single day i mean i had trail cam i mean they were just in there yeah and then this i think the it was a different year though but when we doubled up and i remember that because i distinctly remember saying we will shoot on three and i went one two and then all of a sudden you shot you stuttered and i shot and it screwed she, the whole deal up and i you didn't even missing. say 3 i missed
1: you didn't even say 3 you said 1 2 and, and then you choked on your words so i shot no. yeah like i got i just yeah.
0: it was 1 2 boom yeah. um, i had a
1: bird flopping what what, what happened? i think
0: i i think i unloaded the entire <laughs> shells in my gun and funny we thought we missed and remember we went over to hill a little bit and that's where it it was so, yeah one of us actually hit the second bird. Um, yeah.
1: I liked uh, hunting out of that blind mm-hmm. because – and actually, I've never hunted out of a turkey blind mm-hmm. until we hunted that property and started using that blind there. Mm-hmm i kind of i kind of did like it because i have a hard time sitting still unless i'm sleeping you know and i did a little sleeping you did turkey seasons for sleeping
0: yeah (laughs) i i like uh i like the running gun style Mm. you know i like i do like that um that's all I i got here yeah i used the blind there because we were trying to you know there's only so much property you can hunt and if you have a smaller piece the run and gun thing doesn't really make sense now if you're well
1: hunting... and there was it was two of us and we were filming and
0: right it just don't makes it be a little... moving
1: around too much right. but it worked out really nice we were able yeah. to uh you know film each other's birds being shot at different points in time and mm-hmm. had uh second and third camera angles yeah um and whatever for whatever reason i couldn't get my gopro to the remote that yeah. that property was
0: weird it was it every was time
1: we had some
0: remote something yep. would go wrong with it i don't know Which,
1: why there was interference there or something
0: wherever it was coming from i don't know because there was nothing around there. i don't know but, but it, it would i
1: could not get a remote to work there for that yeah. gopro
0: and I had mine uh, working that would have I, been a
1: sweet video man if yeah. i could have got that thing rolling
0: hmm yeah, I remember we test everything was working fine when we left camp there in the morning, yeah, and then we get there and every time I always had problems with the remote, and it was only like twenty feet away,
1: yeah, it wasn't even far I just I don't know, man, it was just something there, yeah, I don't know why,
0: right well, but but that yeah. was
1: fun time though I mean, but getting back to the crop thing, yeah it it does tell a story, I mean. Mm-hmm i i was i would have bet you i would have bet you that there was bugs or gravel or something in that crop yeah. well that nothing. one did not yeah, that one did not
0: pure green all green yeah no grubs no worms no insects nothing nothing, nothing. Nope. yeah it was weird now, now when i used to hunt up in uh near albany new york um they would cut them open there and it was very little green and all like bugs. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a different, but we had, they didn't have, you know, food plots up there or nothing like that. We actually had the, the food plot. So if it's there, then that's what they're going to eat.
1: Well, I usually hunt like the deeper woods for the turkeys. And when I would open those ones up, they would be full of tree buds, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, the fresh buds, those, and uh, a lot of, little worms like yeah those little centipedes or whatever mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah because in those deep woods is just not a whole lot
0: right to choose from mm-hmm. well there but was yeah. there was a lot of fields where we were at the old farm there you know there yeah. were a lot of fields had a lot of dandelions and different types of greens and stuff that they mm-hmm. would uh that they would forage on there for sure so yeah, yeah. good stuff um i want to jump into you said uh we kind of get topics from what's kind of going on in the social media world, mm-hmm. and you want you had a uh, topic that you wanted to discuss. And yeah,
1: I have been seeing a lot about guys with talking about screening already. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good to have a plan for for your screening, but yeah, obviously, uh, screening is for a later point in time. Mm-hmm. It loves the heat talking egyptian wheat and sorghums and things like that uh i've i've seen a lot of people that want to try that Mm miscanthus uh plantings now that type thing Mm -hmm. um there's still guys out there and i do not know why they want to plant corn for a screen Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. um i think we've talked about it before and and said that that is a very bad idea because you're trying to be stealthy and get in it you know, entrance into some place behind your screening. And if you're planting food as your screen, the deer are going to be there waiting on you and you're just going to run into them and push them off.
0: Spook them out. You're going to spook them out. Like it's so
1: not a good idea.
0: Like you spooky, spooky. Um, yeah, I, I, I love screening. I, I grow a screening every year, unless, uh, you're on a farm and you plant screening and the farmer actually kills it. So therefore you have no screening.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like I did last year. Um, right. But man, screening is awesome. Um, we use incognito from, um, domain outdoors and it's, it's good stuff, but really, I mean, no matter what you're using, it's all about the, the fertilization of the soil to really get you the, um, the, the strong thick stalks and I I want to talk about that too because I have a a tip on there that I've that I've figured out and learned over the years but um are you planting any screen this year?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I usually uh put a couple rows of that in keep the eyeballs off my field from the road frontage. Mm-hmm. You know, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. But uh one one thing I wanted to mention about the screening is like you had mentioned the fertilization, you know, try to, try to incorporate your fertilization into your dirt at the time of planting. And a lot of guys don't realize, but P and K mm-hmm. doesn't move very far in the soil. So basically wherever you're putting it, that's usually where it's at. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't leach very far. So it's a good thing to get your NP and K a couple inches down where your root zone's gonna be and, and and where your seeds gonna be uh able to use that to the best. Mm-hmm. Um I know there's a lot of people that will uh, What's, what's the word I want to use top dress it later on but usually when we're talking about top dressing it is usually for some nitrogen value mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, it gets some in there at planting It definitely needs it. Yeah, you know, and then you can top dress some later if you'd like, you know I know you like to come through with what triple nineteen sometimes and
0: yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that real quick um, But this is the <laughs> incognito that we use mm-hmm. um that's incognito. It's got uh, the Egyptian wheat, grain sorghum, and uh, sorghum sudangrass. So that's what we're doing. Um, my strategy with and growing it is I use it for access screening, food plots, whatever that may be on your on you know somebody's case. But I'll I'll come in there, and if it's heavily weeded or whatever, I'm waiting. I'm waiting until warm weather. Um, I'm, I'm spraying it, you know, killing, killing it, and then discing the ground, and I'm seeding incognito. Couple tips with it is no matter what you're using, it's typically about if you're using an Egyptian wheat blend, it's typically about 11 pounds per acre. A major fail with that is people using too much seed on that because it'll shunt each other, and when it shunts itself, you lose the height. But then you also lose the thickness and strength of the stalks.
1: I'm guilty. I've done it before.
0: Yes, you have. We all have. Um, But with that, the key to it is people hear the word nitrogen because it acts as it's like corn is where they just keep feeding it nitrogen. It's a major mistake because what happens is nitrogen gives it the ability to grow very tall. The taller that it is, the more Tennessee it is going to have the fall over because it's super tall. You're better off waiting a little bit longer into the year before you plant so it has a shorter growing period because it matures right around 120 days. If you're going into the winter time and and the fall and it had time to grow seed heads, that top is now heavy. Yeah. Okay so it's better to plant a little bit later as long as you're getting rain mm-hmm. the other mistake is people throw nitrogen at it they come in 30 days later they hit it with nitrogen again and it just keeps growing and growing makes very tall right. The mistake with that is you need to be adding potassium yes potassium gives the stalk the ability to grow very strong and thicker Mm -hmm. so when everything needs a balance if you're just adding the nitrogen it's going to grow very tall but it's going to have weak stalks i've seen it from people sending me pictures and i ask them what they do and that that's what's happening if you add the triple 19 to it it makes it very strong so i'll fertilize that planting i'll come back in 30 45 days later i'll hit it with about 75 pounds per acre of triple 19 when the leaves are dry before rain and that's usually all you have to do. And I've never had a problem with it. It grows strong. It's semi, semi tall, eight, eight, 10 feet is all you need. And it works very well that way. So yeah, avoid well, that mistake and use the triple 19 and not nitrogen alone. Since I'm not over
1: six feet tall, you know, I just need six foot tall.
0: What are you now? Like four, four foot nine? Four, four, nine and a half. Like that. <laughs> four, nine and a half.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and they say I lie when I go to the doctors and they put me on the scale, you know? Yeah. They're like, why you lie about your height? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm five, five. Yeah. And a half. <laughs> short, short and stubby. <laughs> yeah. All muscle. House. Oh, God. Go. Um, <laughs> Hey, before we get off of that subject, have you ever heard this analogy? Like for N, P, and K, like they say, like the nitrogen is for the growth above ground, and the the P is for the roots below the ground, and the K does all the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives it the strength and the and yeah. the the, the str- uh,
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. It remember. all yeah. So like when you use more of one thing compared to the other it does it, it can throw things off and that's why you always kind of need a, a balance of fertility levels and not just like one thing
1: i thought that was a neat explanation somebody yeah. made one time you know it, it made sense you know yeah you, no. you get the nitrogen feeds everything above ground and the p mm-hmm. is for below and then the k just gives everything strength and thickness and
0: mm-hmm Well, um, the ability to stand strong. Yeah. And if somebody wants to check it out, um, they can go to my website, uh, com, and you scroll down, there's a drone video of, of the tunnels and stuff we made with Egyptian wheat. Mm. And, um, it's very cool. Um, you can do a lot of things with it and it's, it is a annual so it is a one-year situation. And if you get heavy snow, it is going to fall down. Um, but by that time, typically hunting season's over. So yeah. what, do need, what do you need to screen for anymore? Um, besides that, people can use it as an annual, use it what it what it is, and you can change things up. You know, if you do something one year, it didn't really work, or you needed it, got to move your stand, you want to screen at a different spot, you just plant it. 50 or a hundred yards over and you don't have to worry about it.
1: Well, that's, what's nice about it is you could, you could change it up. You can make different designs. You can, uh, angle it. You can make deer come to you mm-hmm. using it. Um, yeah. Whereas I've seen, there's another Facebook thing happening. Uh, people were saying, Oh, I'm, I'm going to plant some small pine trees and this and that, you know, to screen this off. That's permanent, you know?
0: Well, not only that, how long you, plan on yeah. waiting
1: yeah you're you know
0: you're you can use than... it in conjunction with an right. annual right but yeah i mean who really has time <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah I,
1: it's it's an instant gratification world man yeah and well, all not this all... stuff comes up you know in a couple of months and yeah. you've got screening
0: yeah and most people are leasing land and if you own it then yeah it'd be a different situation you could plant some trees and and stuff uh whatever it is um you know and eventually and whatever it is five six seven eight years you'll have a good screen Mm -hmm. um but least stuff i mean it's a cheap it's a cheap uh fix for what you needed to do
1: yeah and i i like I like that choice to be able to do different Change things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I do something different every year. Like mm-hmm. I got a I got Why a little not? bit Yeah, I got a little bit of an idea for this year too. You know,
0: I just If you can remember what the idea is.
1: Yeah, I forgot it already, but
0: I know that's what a shame. What a shame.
1: That's what happens when you get old.
0: You're not even that old. Ancient. <laughs> Ancient. Ancient.
1: Oh, i got my bear shirt on bear shirt it's a bear shirt arkansas okay. black bear association which i don't even think that's even uh a thing anymore I got this my shirt. was this was if anybody follows bear hunting magazine Clay Newcomb started the magazine, and now he is the sole owner and editor of Bear Hunter Magazine. Well,
0: why, why don't you talk about uh, the phone call you got over the weekend?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I didn't let's answer. Talk- the, I didn't answer the first one because I seen it was you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. That's what. That's what. Uh, let, let's talk about Steve. That's what Steve said. He's <laughs> Steve- like, dude, he didn't answer you.
1: <laughs> no, I seen it was you, and I was loading yeah. firewood. I was like, let's, yeah, I'll get that later.
0: Let's talk about Steve. Either that, or he he butt dialed me. Let's talk about Steve.
1: Steve's excited. He is. So, so Dave's in Virginia on a client uh, consult, and phone rings, and of course I ignored it the first time, and then the second time they called back, <laughs> I thought, well, I better, it must be something important. He must not have just butt dialed the first time. I'll, I'll get it. So it's Dave, and he says, "Hey, got a client here who wants to talk to you about bears." Well, I like to hunt bears just as much as deer, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to get three PA bears, and it, to me, is exciting. It don't excite everybody, but to me, I I like bear hunting. So, Steve's question to me was, you know, he wanted to know how he could distinguish a bear bear sign from deer sign as far as, uh, like, trails and things. Yeah, so…
0: So Steve asked me and I was, I told him straight. I was like, Steve, I'm not a bear hunter. Let's call, let's call Chris. He's familiar with bear hunting. Let's call him.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, we just had a conversation about it and I explained to him that, uh, bear trails are usually uh, like rolled down flat and smooth and, you know, trampled and the deer, you know, their little hooves are, they've got it all notched up, you know, mudded up like a cow path Mm -hmm. where the deer, or the bear I'm excuse me the bear kind of just just smooth like you you, you ver- really don't even get tracks from a bear unless it's in mud, you know or in snow because they just i I can't explain it. they are so stealthy for such big animals mm-hmm. uh you don't even hear them coming, no, very rarely will you ever hear a bear, and i'm I'm trying to think. Um, I, out of the three, I don't think I heard any of the three coming at all.
0: Those three were all public land, right?
1: Yeah. All public land, state land, actually. Yeah. Two with two, one with a vertical bow, one with a crossbow and one with a rifle. So I've got the gamut going and Believe it or not, my dream, <laughs> I would love to go to Maine and shoot one o- over a bait. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I would love to go use my slug gun, though. I think that would be a blast, literally. Yeah. Uh, just just a hammer one with a 12-gauge slug, you know. Yeah. And I can't bait here in PA, so I think it would be fun to do over bait for once. I the shot. only downfall is up there, their average bear is like 200 pounds.
0: Yeah. I shot one bear, and that was in uh, Nova Scotia with my bow. And uh, I never ever want to go bear hunting again. So, yeah, no, you were one and done. One and done. Um, it cool,
1: one, that ended up being a cool video, though.
0: It 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 was. It turned out to be a good video. I am just I have zero interest in bear hunting. Um, I Steve, like it. man, I like it. Steve has some giant bears on his property in Virginia. I've
1: seen some of them pictures. They are.
0: Waters. They were big. He's he wants to shoot one. Um, so that's why he was asking and, and we called and, um, Steve's got a lot of work to do on his property, but, uh, he's already been texting me and he's got some updates. And one of the updates was, uh, to get a forester out. He's got a meeting there, I think March 16th. Now (laughs) he's going to meet the forester and then he's going to call me back and let me know what they say. And, uh, in the meantime, he was able to gather up a skid steer, Mm. a mulcher and a bucket and all that's being delivered on the sixteenth as well, and uh, I will be going back at some point, and uh, we're going to do an update video on his progress and all that. Um, he's keyed up. He's he keyed is. up. He's, he's going to kill a bear. Yep, he's going to kill a bear. He's going to kill his first buck, and uh, on the property. And he's he's new,
1: he's new to hunting. He said, right?
0: Uh well, he's a major uh, bird hunter. Okay. Bird hunting, I think, his whole life. Duck,
1: but like big game, he's not. He's been deer hunting, I think.
0: To... Deer hunting for three years. Yeah. Um. He shot a pieball doe on that new piece that he bought. Nice. Um. And then he's never shot a bear, but he wants to do bear. But it, it's it's 150 acres. It's a family. He's got a wife, two couple sons, I believe, and uh, they want to have some guests there over time, and and sh- and have a nice place. I think on that 150 acres, I laid out, as of now. Fifteen tree stands.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, I think four or five box blinds, and then the rest are ladder stands and some hang ons. Um, so there's plenty of stands, you know, around the property for you know guests and stuff to hunt on. The, and the property is very isolated with easy access. He's got roads to access, and he actually has um, a easement through a farmer. Through a mm. farmer's property where he literally drives up the farmer's driveway. Mm-hmm. He has permission to open the gate up and then he walks through the cow, you know, the pasture down this old fence line to get back to the back side of his property, which has another gate which he can open up and then get to the back side of his property with access through a actual uh creek. Mm. So he's got like perfect um access to the property. Nice. Speaking of that with um, you know dealing with clients and being available to answer the questions and all of that stuff, I want I have a rant to go on about oh boy about customer service and the What's your rant? you want to hear this rant?
1: Yeah, I do let me okay. in on I,
0: I I don't like doing this but I am super annoyed. And it's, uh, it's, it's just customer service in the outdoor industry, which has become very poor and it, it it continues to get worse and worse and worse. Now there are some companies out there that, that are good to answer your phone calls. They help you. Um, I understand, you know, they're busy. They're probably short staffed because nobody wants to work and they don't have the budget to hire people and blah, 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 blah. But if you have a business, um, it's your duty to answer the phone, respond to emails on a timely manner, right? Yeah, you tell them. Yes. So two years ago, I bought an electric bike,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I paid almost $3,000 for this electric bike, okay? The bike came with a one-year warranty, okay? Okay. I actually, I think the battery, sorry, had a one-year warranty, and the bike, maybe two. I can't remember. So, you saw it. You, you, you rode the bike. Yeah. Everything was fine and dandy.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: Yes. When I had 150 miles, which is not a lot, really. That
1: doesn't sound like a
0: lot. No. The battery started acting goofy. And this was probably around the eight month mark. Okay. And I before previous to this, I could drive maybe 15 to 20 miles on this thing and the battery would be starting to die. Um, it got to a point where it was uh, dying after like two or three miles. Oh my. Right. So I called the company nothing no answer no response i I left i would leave voicemails then i went on their facebook i sent them messages i found their email on the on facebook i was emailing them i even went to the website and it had a customer support like form that you fill out contact form yep and it would actually give you a reference number or some kind of number i guess keep track of i emailed that thing three to four times zero response okay (laughs) call 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 three four five six times a day and and during the week multiple times a day (laughs) zero response okay now all of a sudden we're we're i mean this went on for months no response and i think i did get a hold of somebody on instagram i messaged them on instagram which why do you have to do that why do you have to chase the yeah. like what like how prof, it's not professional for me to have to go on freaking Instagram and message uh, we're a world uh, you know a company um to get a response? Somebody responded, oh, you need to call the number or I'll look into it or something." No response. At this point, we're at the year mark, right and my warranty's out. I call or no sorry, they actually called me. Right. I answered the phone and it was this lady. What's, what's the issue? I told her the issue. I've been trying to call you freaking people for three to four months. My battery's got an issue. You're not, nobody's responding. She's like, Oh, well, I got to get with the guys and you know, we'll get back to you. Nobody ever got back to me. It, a week goes by. Nobody ever got back to me. Finally, I call one day and somebody picks right up. He explains to me that I am now out of my warranty and there's nothing they can do about my battery. Oh, boy. Right. Dude, I, I, I went off on this guy and I was like, this is ridiculous. I've been calling you guys for the past four months. I filled out your forms. I even spoke to a lady a week ago. Nobody called me back and all this other stuff. So literally nothing he could do. I asked for the manager, you know, this and this and this. They wouldn't do a thing, right? So I ended up sending uh, another email, right? And this guy wrote back and says, Hi, sir, we're sorry for the inconvenience. We can offer you a 17% discount on a new battery. (laughs) The battery costs $1,100. Oh, my. Right. And he wanted to give me a 17% discount on a you know on a $1000 battery when i already paid almost 3000 for the bike and the bike has 150 miles on it it's a joke mm. um so i sent them another email i was like i will never buy another thing from you if somebody gave me the money to freaking buy it um and this company is uh quiet cat bikes Ooh. and i'm i'm super disappointed in that um you know, all you see is quiet cat this, quiet cat that. And uh I don't know if it was just me with a bad <laughs> a bad experience, wow. but to go four months and have the company not answer your phone call or not an email, and then all of a sudden you're past your warranty period and they want to get back to you and say there's nothing they can do. That's I got crazy. to me, I got like scammed out of my warranty period. Yeah. And like a, a sudden,
1: like a car. Yeah. Extended right. warranty on a car.
0: Yeah. yeah Basically, I'm, that's what I'm they do. S- I'm so annoyed. So now I have a $3,000 quiet cat bike that's sitting, and uh, I can drive it two miles, and the battery's dead. And in order to get it working properly, I have to spend $1,000 for a battery. That's
1: crazy. 17% is probably – that's that's probably even less than their markup.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: I, I can't see a battery costing 1000 bucks.
0: Yep. And to make it interesting, I actually emailed the company again, right? Or um, Actually, no, sorry. I went on their website about a month ago and um, I was looking at batteries because I was at a point of, what do I do? You know it's what it. I mean? Like, I can't, I got a bike that's useless and what do I do? So I looked at the batteries and... About a day later, I got an email from customer service It says, hi, Mr. Richmond. Um, I noticed you have a battery that's in the cart on the website. Would you like to complete your purchase? Right. (laughs) I wrote, I replied back to it. I said, sir, I gave him the whole story. I was like, I was just looking at him. I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not buying him. Told him the whole scenario. He said, he pulled up my history. With Quiet Cat Bikes and the emails that I that I went through, he mm. found them, right? Oh, wow. It said, sir, I'm very sorry for the, the inconvenience. We hired more customer service people. Um, he's like, I will be your personal point of contact from here on out. And I'm here today to offer you a 20% discount on a battery. <laughs> I wrote him back. I said, dude, you are freaking high as a kite." Woo. Yeah. He
1: gave, he gave you another 3% off. You should he, be grateful.
0: Yeah. And it was some, it was something like that. It could have been like 21 or 22%, but still, I mean, dude, I, I mean 150 miles on the bike and the batteries busted and I got screwed out of, it's still you know,
1: hundred dollars battery. <laughs>
0: yeah. I got screwed out of the warranty because they couldn't answer the phone to me. I mean, that's, that should be criminal, man. Like to, to take somebody's money, like I should be like, uh, what's the word, uh, grand, uh, grandfathered in or something for a battery? Yeah. Um I don't know if that's the right word for it or not, but
1: that's nuts, man. Even fifty yeah. percent off, that's still a five hundred dollar battery.
0: I know. That's I a know. lot. I'm just I'm upset, man. All right, you know what do you do? If somebody's you know listen, I mean, what do you do? You do, do, do you. How do you sell the how do you sell the bike without ripping somebody off saying it's it's a good bike. You know what I mean? You you're stuck with a $3000 bike that you can't that you can't ride. Well,
1: I just wonder I just wonder how how many other people like have this bike and the batteries are junk and you're stuck with a is it even a pedal bike? I mean, you know, can you even pedal it and
0: it is, but gears and things and you can do all that. You can still pedal, but it's a hundred pound bike. So when yeah, you're pedaling it,
1: pounds.
0: it's like a tank, you know yeah, what I mean?
1: Exactly. Got the um, tires.
0: Yeah. So like, I'm not saying quiet cat is a bad company. It, maybe it's a bad experience that I had. I don't know if other people have that experience, but it's just like, that's messed up, man. Like to go yeah. four months and not answer somebody's phone call and then all of a sudden email him after your warranty's over and say, You know nothing what I mean? We can do. Yeah. Nothing we can do.
1: We'll take, uh, we'll, we'll knock off our markup. We'll sell it to you at cost. Yep. You know, that type of thing.
0: Yeah. No good. So, yeah. No good. You done ranting? I'm done.
1: Take us out of here.
0: Yeah. I am. We got, I got phone calls coming in for a consultant. Um, <laughs> So thanks for listening guys, you know, through the rant and the turkeys and the clover. And, uh, if you guys, uh, you know, appreciate it listening and give it a watch on Chris's channel. And, uh, man, I guess we'll see you on podcast number 11.
1: We'll be on 11,
0: man.